we doing, everyone? What's going on? We are back with another episode of Breaking the Goal Line. As always, I am your host, Russell Goddard, coming to you live after a pretty ugly football game. I mean, it just was kind of dull, kind of nothing there. If you did not watch this game tonight uh, on the Peyton Eli channel, honestly, I, I don't know how you watched it. It was bad. It was just bad quarterback play. I mean, defenses were were sacking. I mean, it just felt like Jameson knew what he was doing. So I got some top, some thoughts right off of this bad football game that we saw tonight, right off the bat. And then honestly, kind of capped off a bad weekend. A lot of blowouts. You know, I think the one game, I mean, the closest game of the day might have been one of the closest game of the day. Might have been the game that I picked to be kind of a route. And that was the Lions Rams. Lions hung in there tight. Got some thoughts on that. But kind of just some blowouts everywhere. I mean, I mean, from the Bengals to the to the Titans, blew the, I mean, they blew the doors off the Chiefs. Packers rolled. I, I guess that Falcons Miami game was kind of close, but was anybody really watching that football game? Although they did end in a heartbreaker for Miami. Uh, some more thoughts on Tua. Uh, so we'll get into this. Honestly, not a very good football week. Just, just pure, just pure football standpoint. Now, if you're watching on the red zone, it's always great because you get to watch seven hours commercial free football nonstop, all the touchdowns, all the action. But all in all, not, not, not a fantastic weekend of football. But I got some thoughts on it. I want to dive into it. But first, as always, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't. If you have, thank you very much. And if you listen on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. And let's go ahead and knock through week seven. All right, and let's start with the, the game tonight. You know, the Saints traveling to Seattle. It was kind of muggy, kind of rainy at first, and the rain kind of stopped. You know, it wasn't terrible weather. It definitely wasn't like anything like last night's game with uh, with the Colts and the Niners. Torrential downpour. It started raining towards the end of the game. But it, it was ugly. It, it was just not good. Uh, the Seahawks scored on their second possession. DK Metcalf, 85-yard, you know, touchdown bomb or whatever. I, he threw he threw him open. He caught it. I think it was Lattimore, whoever was on him, slipped. DK goes to the house. And then, honestly, it was kind of nothing from there. The longest play since then was a Jameis Winston scramble, which is pretty crazy. It, it, just kind of a flat game. It was just kind of a flat game. The Saints looked real lazy, really unprepared in the first half, off of a bye, which is very unlike Sean Payton. But I got to say that I think that falls a lot on Jameis Winston. Look, Jameis Winston's overthrowing guys by 20 yards. I It was not good a lot of the time. He, he's, he's, he's rolling out to his right. Him and Geno Smith do the exact same thing. The only difference between Jameis Winston and Geno Smith is that Jameis has a bigger arm. That's it. And Gino's a little bit more athletic. That's it. They're the same quarterback. Did we not see him tonight? They got sacked the same amount of times. They throw the same crappy deep ball when they're getting double, uh, when the guy's double covered. They roll out to the right. They try to make something happen. They'll throw it away. They get sacked. And this was awful. This was a terrible football game. It really was. I mean, the best part about it was watching Peyton Eli. I mean, having their guests on. Marshawn Lynch is an absolute national treasure. <laughs> He came on sideways camera, snacking on whatever he's snacking on. Talk about how he took three Hennessy shots before. He's 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 dropping fuck. He's dropping shit. He's doing right on national television. 
he is a national treasure. I absolutely loved watching Marshawn in that first quarter because the first quarter sucked. So it was just good. I got to watch a little Peyton Eli with Marshawn action. And then Tom Brady was fantastic. The best part about tonight was the Peyton Eli channel and all their guests. Marshawn Lynch, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Sue Bird. That was the best part of the football game. It really honestly was. It was, good. It was a dull game. The Saints came out and looked unprepared. Now, both defenses, Saints more than the Seahawks, look good. I mean, the Seahawks defense looks like they're trying to, you know, find where they're at, find their groove, use Jamal Adams in some different ways. And they made life hard for Jameis and vice versa. The Saints made life hard for Geno. Both teams wanted to run the football. And honestly, both neither team could really run it. Alvin Kamara, I think he had probably had like, what, 15 catches tonight? Because that's it. Jameis was only throwing the ball to Alvin. Other than that, it was a deep ball overthrown by 20 yards, skipped 10 yards in front of the guy, or was in double coverage and almost picked off. And Geno was the same way. I, I just wasn't good. It wasn't the the red zone offense wasn't good. Uh, moving the ball down the field, I mean, the, it was not a good football game. It was sloppy. It was ugly. And I'm just glad I had Peyton and Eli, Tom Brady. Marshawn Lynch to really carry it on tonight because that was the first football game that I watched this year this first one this year that includes the London games which yes my psycho ass did get up now did I get up for coin flip no I did not I probably saw both of those games halfway through the first quarter but they were on and this was the worst game of the season so far just all in all the worst game of the season it was 10-7 at halftime by the Saints Saints ended up winning this game 13 was it 13-10 just it was kind of a dull game, and it sucked, but it is what it is. No Russell Wilson. Jameis Winston, is he the guy? I mean, there was no Taysom Hill in this game, so there was no change of pace, and it's crazy that the New Orleans Saints have a change of pace quarterback because normally you want a change of pace running back. There was no change of pace quarterback for the Saints tonight. It was 100% all Jameis, and it didn't go well. In my opinion, that did not go well tonight. It's not like the conditions were terrible. Now, Going into Seattle is a hard place to play. That stadium's loud. That's a hard place to play. But, man, you did not look good. You were not making good reads. I even heard – so I heard that Peyton Peyton was talking to Sean Peyton, – Peyton Manning was talking to Sean Peyton about how Ramchek, the center for the Saints, he makes all the mic calls. Jameis Winston does not. Sean Peyton literally said, I don't want him making the mic calls. I just need him to worry about the plays. Um, No, I don't want my starting quarterback – not calling the mic out. I don't. And Drew, Drew kind of talked about that. He said his first, you know, when he was in San Diego those first four years, he didn't make any mic calls. And I get it. It's kind of a different era. You know, you're running the football a lot more. Drew was a younger quarterback in those first. Now, Jameis is young too, but Jameis has had a lot more experience. I just, in 2021, if my quarterback can't be making the mic calls, now for those that don't know what I'm talking about when I say mic calls, Mike refers to the middle linebacker. Uh, honestly, it's not always the middle linebacker. Mike refers to pretty much the defensive player that's in the middle of the field. It could be a safety, could be the it could be the middle linebacker, could maybe maybe the defense rotated over and it's the will linebacker, or it's the strong linebacker, whatever is the Mike linebacker for that play where the play's designed to go. That's the Mike. That's who we need to know and to block. James doesn't do that. James doesn't do that. He also doesn't make very many checks at the line. Although Sean does give him a kill play, which. He'll give him a run play, give him a pass play. Jameis goes up and decides what he wants to do. That's good. But no mic calls? I mean, I get it. You want to make it easy on him, and especially a game like tonight in in Seattle. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I was excited to see Jameis Winston with Sean Payton. But now this first game without Taysom Hill, solo, 
No Taysom Hill can come in. No change of pace. No get a drive going and then Jameis can come in and maybe hit a play to Kamara and he takes to the house. None of that. It was all Jameis. And I don't think it went very well. I don't think it was very good. I don't think he was very good. Geno Smith, we know what Geno Smith is. The Seattle Seahawks need Russell Wilson back really, really, really bad. Because they got Jacksonville next week. And I think it's in Jacksonville. I'm not going to say they're going to lose to Jacksonville. But why can't Jacksonville Jaguars beat this Seattle team? The Seattle team who gives up a shit ton of yards on the on the ground. Jamal Adams can't cover anybody. He's clear. J- Jameis Winston was so bad today, although it was a drop, the dude should have had a better pass. Jamal Adams cannot cover. He was playing a deep third. He doesn't even know how to play a deep third. He doesn't know. He's 33. You shouldn't know how to play a deep third, buddy. It's your number. Like, come on. What are we doing? It, 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 it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for the Seahawks. Russ needs to come back right now, tomorrow. And, and the Saints... I don't know. I mean, I think the Saints need Taysom Hill. I don't know if Jameis Winston can do this by himself. Now, I know it's one game, but it's a primetime game. Off of a bye. Off of a bye. I get it. They don't have Michael Thomas. Well, you still got, I mean, Jameis Winston said that his favorite receiver on this team was uh, Traquan Smith. That's it, right? Traquan Smith, number 10, right? Who had a stupid, couple stupid penalties today. Doesn't I mean, he's been hurt all year, but he said he's the guy he has most chemistry with. Nothing tonight. Nothing. Marquez Callaway, that guy, that guy can play some football. You have some players around. I don't care. You don't have Michael Thomas. You got Alvin Kamara in the backfield still. Your offensive line is still pretty good. You're getting yourself into sacks. You're throwing bad balls, overthrowing, underthrowing, throwing the wrong. It looks like it looked like you're throwing to the wrong spot. It was ugly, all around ugly for both teams. I, I thought. I mean, I thought the defense for the Saints played really well, and I'll give the credit to the Seahawks. I thought they did a really good job. I thought I thought I thought their defensive scheme tonight was fantastic. You know, I thought they hit a lot of the mistakes. They like to the Seahawks like to play a lot of two safety high cover two, which is crazy to me because Jamal Adams can't cover shit. But a lot of times what they do is they bring Jamal in the box and they actually bring a nickel in. They get a linebacker off the field, they bring another corner in, they'll bring that nickel safety or a nickel corner, they'll kind of rotate him back out. Now they'll play their two high and Jamal plays the box. And they did that a lot tonight to stop Kamara for the run. They just couldn't stop him catching the ball. Because Jameis Winston was, look, 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 either overthrow or check down to Kamara, and he'd go for 15 yards. It, it, it was a sloppy game. Saints ended up getting the win. Uh, they're, what are the Saints now? I think they've had two losses, right? They're, are they 4-2 and because of the bye? So, yeah, they're 4-2, and two, and the Seahawks are a disastrous. What are they, 2-5? and five? That's not good. 2-5 and five? In, in, in a division where the Arizona Cardinals are 7-0 and oh, and the Rams are 6-1? and one? You're 2-5? and five? Not good. I, I don't see how the Seahawks could possibly make the playoffs this year. Or even if they win the game next week, then they have their bye. Then maybe Russ can come back. But guess what? I think they have the Cardinals out of the bye. So off of the bye, with hopefully maybe a healthy Russell Wilson, you have to potentially st- face the best team in the NFL, the best team in the NFC, the best team in your division. Ah, that's a tough ask. That's a tough ask. It's a tough ask to face a divisional opponent right when Russ, uh, on Russ's first. Now, if it is a bye, everybody else now I, I, I can't. It, it, everybody else gets a little. I think they play the Cardinals. I'm trying to ruin the schedule, but whoever they play, I'm pretty sure it's a divisional opponent. They get they get the bye, they get a rest. But as we saw today, I mean, the, the, the Saints had a bye last week, and they came out like shit against a team that they probably should have beat tonight. There's no reason that Geno Smith and that team should have been close. I, I, now, I took the Seahawks. Plus four and a half. I hit the bet, although I didn't put the money on the bet, which I'm an idiot because I was 3-0 this week. That makes us 16-6-1 on the breaking the goal line 
locks of the week here, folks. If you're following me, I'm making you money. If you're not, I need you to start doing it. I need me to start doing it because I didn't lay a single bet on any of the like locks that I said last week, and it, it, it pissed me off. That's two straight weeks, folks, that I've been back-to-back 3-0. We are lighting it up here. Way more, way more fun, a lot more excitement than this Monday night just dust bowl that happened tonight. All right, let's get to a team. A team in the league that is looking worst to first right now. A team that is number one, not only in their division, but number one in their conference right now. The number one seed just came off of a huge, huge road win after almost beating the Green Bay Packers. The Cincinnati Bengals, ladies and gentlemen, are 5-2 and two and just came off of an absolute shellacking of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, to go into the big oyster shell, right? That's what they call that. That's a boomer call. Or that's what he calls it, the, the big clam or the big – and just to, to put on that performance, Joe Burrow, Joey B, as I, as I like to call him, is an absolute dominant player. And I don't think it's outrageous to say he's already a top 10 quarterback in the league. In the league. Jamar Chase is elite. This dude is a baller. I mean, baller. <laughs> Every time I look up, the dude had eight catches, 200 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. What? It was a touchdown in every game now? Is like 700 yards and like six touchdowns this year. It's insane. The dude's a baller. Joe Burrow is a baller. That defense is alive. Logan Wilson and, and, and Hubbard are making plays like crazy. They, they, they got a team. The Cincinnati Bengals are a legit team because Baltimore's no slouch. And I, and I don't think a lot of people besides me who picked Cincinnati plus six and a half and also said that I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game. Not a lot of people picked Bengals to win this football game. In Baltimore, the Bengals, they've won, I mean, Bengals, the Ravens, they won five straight. I mean, they won five straight since that Raiders loss. They beat the shit out of the Chiefs. They won that Justin Tucker's field goal on the Lions. Beat the crap out of the Broncos. That Monday the, the, uh, Monday night game against the Colts absolutely thumped, thumped a really good Chargers team. And then they go home to facing a divisional opponent. And Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals come in there and they fucking roll them. Now, it was a little tough. It was 13-10 at half. And then the Bengals came out in the second half. They never looked back. They never they made life hard for Lamar. Joe Burrow is dominant. And I got I to gotta eat some crow here with, with Zach Taylor because he might he might be able to coach a little bit. He might be. Now, it's a lot easier when you have an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow. And as long as Joe Burrow is there in Cincinnati and he's healthy, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win some football games. Great quarterbacks, I mean, their down seasons are eight wins. They're 500, right? Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. It's not, it's not, it's not, I'm telling you, he's top 10. This is what I'm seeing. He is a top 10 quarterback in this league right now. Jamar Chase, he's a top five wide receiver in this league. It's not even close. I, honestly, I'd go, I, I wouldn't be far fetched to say Jamar is top three to top two and arguably number one behind Devontae Abs. It's just, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, the Bengals came in there, honestly, kind of speechless, just with how dominant they were. I, now, I, I thought this was going to be a close game, divisional game. I, I took them in the points. I said I wouldn't be surprised if they if they won, but not like that. Not 41-17. Not first place in the AFC. Not first place in the AFC North. I mean, kicking everyone's ass. Bengals are good. The Bengals are a legit 
football team here, folks. Legit. They have a legit chance of winning this division. You look at this division now. Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. Who's going to win it? Ravens look good. Bengals look good. The Browns, you know, as long as they got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're going to be fine. Baker's a hit or miss, so it doesn't really matter. The Case Keenum's in there. Just, just as long as you got Nick Chubb and, and you're, you're good. doesn't matter if Baker doesn't play because you can, you can make the playoffs and win this division with Case Keenum. The Steelers, they're on the back burner. They're definitely on the back burner in this division right now, and they know it. They know it. It was a much-needed buy for them this week. They got to get healthy. They got to come out, and they got to win some football games. They need to win them quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because you just look over at what the Cincinnati Bengals team did to what everyone, who everyone was saying was the best team in this division. Whew. I loved watching every second of that. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I- I'm going to love watching them for the next 10 years. I- I'm I'm so, so in tuned, so hooked in to any Joe Burrow football game from here on out. And I said it a couple weeks ago, Joe Burrow is everything we wanted Tony Romo to be, but better. He is literally better than we could have ever expected Tony Romo to be because he plays real similar to him. They got a lot of similar characteristics, qualities, how they play the football game, but Joe Burrow's better. He's a swaggy-ass leader. The dude walks on the football field, and he says, I'm going to kick your ass. He walks up to the 350-pound defensive tackle, and he says, hey, buddy, I'm going to fuck you up today. I love me some Joey B. I love me. And CJ Uzama, everyone's talking about this guy like, oh, where'd he come from? He's been there. He got drafted in, like, 2016. He played behind Tyler Eifert for a little bit. He, got, he had some injuries early on in his career. Now the dude's coming alive when you got a quarterback throwing the football and the red rifle's not there anymore. You upgraded. Definitely. It's not even close. Joe Burrow's elite. Jamar Chase is elite. And the Cincinnati Bengals team needs to be feared. Okay, now I want to get into this uh, Lions and Rams football game this Sunday. The Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell literally hit this team with everything they had. First of all, first drive of the game, touchdown, DeAndre Swift, they take it in. They're up 7-0. Onside kick, Dan Campbell, onside kick, and you got it? And then on the following drive, you get, you're it looks like it's going to go three and out, and then you fake the punt, and you get it, and you go down to kick a field goal. All of a sudden, it's 10-0 Lions, just like that, off a fucking onside kick and a fake punt. The Lions came to play. Dan Campbell came to play. I, I, honestly, and that wasn't. They had two fake punts in this game. Two, the Lions did two, two fake punts and an onside kick. I think all. I think it was. I think all. I think the, both fake punts were in the first half. Holy shit! Dan Campbell, he said, "You know what? We're winning this football game. We're going all out. We need to win a game. We're 0-6. It's not happening. We're winning a football game. I gotta respect the shit out of it. Gotta respect the game plan. I gotta respect everything that the Lions had working for him. Jared Goff, he didn't play a terrible game. You know, he played pretty good. You know, but he just couldn't get it done at the end. He just couldn't get it done at the end. You know, he throws an interception. Not, not a very, pretty bad pick in the end zone." The Lions, they try to pull out all the stops, right? And, and Jared didn't play bad. The little revenge game for Jared Goff. They had a nice video tribute for him and and, uh, and Brockers. They were, they were two guys involved in the trade. You know, Jared had a nice embrace with, uh, with McVay at the end of the game. Jared, I thought, played okay. But, and this goes back to what I was saying last week on Friday's pod. When they're on the same field together and they're playing a game, it's not even close. 
Because every time Matthew Stafford stepped back, right, took his five-step drop and released the ball, in my head I go, oh, that might be a touchdown. Every time Jared Goff does it, I'm like, oh, it might probably a pick. You can see the talent level. And Jared, I thought, played good. But Matt Stafford is clearly way better. I mean, uh, don't just take it here. Go look at the stat line. And I'm not going to give you the stat line, but I know Stafford was over 300 yards and completed 68% of his passes. Any, what, two, three touchdowns? Now, golf played pretty good, but he wasn't that. And and, and just it, not even the stats alone, just the game itself, how the game is being conducted. And I thought Jared played well in the Lions scheme and, the, and their game plan was really good. It was it was really, really good. It played to the weaknesses of the Rams on both sides of the ball. I thought Dan Campbell and that coaching, that coaching staff did a fantastic job on Sunday. They just don't have the players. They don't have the players. If Matthew Stafford is on this Rams team, the, the Lions team, they won that football game. They would have won. If it was Matthew Stafford against Matthew Stafford, right, somehow that happens, the Lions probably won the, win that football game. But Jared Goff just can't make the throws at the end of the game. We've seen it before. And, we, you know, we've seen him make some throws. That Monday night game, uh, uh, what was it, Patrick Mahomes, that year, that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes' second year, they put it like, it was like 54 to 52. He made some throws in that game, but he also had the four interceptions or whatever it was. He had like five touchdowns, three picks. He made some throws. We've seen him make some throws, but we see him not make the throws more times, more times than he does. And I like Jared. I thought he played good, but it wasn't close, folks. It wasn't close. Now, the score was close. This game was close, but we're talking strictly quarterback comparison at this current moment was not close it wasn't and Jared played well Jared played honestly Jared Goff probably played the best game of his of the year back home in LA he probably had you know he probably had something he probably felt he had a little something to prove a little chip on his shoulder you know he probably walking in there a little all right all right all right you want to trade me you want to trade me to fucking Detroit okay all right let's come out and try the ball and he did he tried he tried he came out and he he played like Jared Goff. And, and some people are like, oh, but he played, you know, people, he played good. You know, he can play like that all the time. But that's the best that Jared Goff can play, and they still lose, right? Like, the Rams knew this. Jared has a ceiling. There is a limit to what you can do with him in an offense of what he can do. I'm sorry. Jared Goff just can't wake up tomorrow and be able to throw a football like Aaron Rodgers. He can't just wake up tomorrow and have and have Tom Brady you know, the IQ of Tom Brady on the field. He can't. He is who he is. He throws the ball how he throws the football. Yeah, you can't change that. You can't, you can't, you, all of a sudden you can't just wake up and throw in fucking footballs as far as Cam Newton throwing 60, 70 yard bombs. Can't, he's not just, it's not going to happen. He plays Jared Goff football. And I thought Jared Goff played pretty good, but not good enough to win the football game. And they don't have the players on the Lions side. Now, Dan Campbell, this guy, every week, it just impresses me. He impressed me. And they're 0-7. And I'm talking about this guy every week in and out on this podcast. Like, he's a top 10 coach in the league. <laughs> and, like, this team is going, trying to go to the playoffs or something. They're 0-7. But yet, Dan Campbell and his coaching staff, I think, is doing a fantastic job. Fantastic job. The Rams are a good team. The Rams are a great team. The Rams are going to make the playoffs. The Rams might win this division. It's going to be them and the Cardinals. I mean, with, with the loss tonight with the Seahawks and the Niners lost last night. I think pretty much a two-horse race at this point, uh, seen as both of those other teams don't know what the fuck is going on with their quarterback situation. Russ is out, and, I mean, what are we doing with Jimmy Garoppolo? I got some thoughts on that soon. Awful. Awful. Horrible. So, Rams are good. They got a chance to win this division, making the playoffs. Look, Stafford, 
He came out and you know, he played really, really good. Really, really good. 68% of his passes, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. And he, he took it to his old team. And although it wasn't 42 to 7, right? And it was a close game and it was, it, it was you know, tight and it was an entertaining game. You know, Lions are better. Stafford is better. And they proved it on Sunday. All right, let's start rattling through some of these week seven games. I got a couple more I want to I wanna highlight on and talk about a little bit more intensely. But some of these games, you know, like, Packers and, and Washington, uh, not a lot of talk. Not a lot to talk about here. You know, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway I, I get from this game is that the Packers are just being lazy right now. It seems like they're just lazy. Uh, they're lazy. <laughs> I mean, they're coming out lackadaisical. Aaron has this kind of, I can kind of just do whatever I want. It's gonna work. We'll end up winning the game. Kind of heel attitude, like just kind of laid back, not really, not really, you know, really caring all that much, but still winning a football game. And they're good, and they're going to win a lot of games. Their team is very talented. Yeah, they just looked lazy, and they won this game, and they should have won. They should have won this game. On the other side, for for the Washington football team, Heineke is so much fun to watch. That dude and Terry McLaurin and mix in a little Antonio Gibson, give me some Ricky Steele Jones. That offense is fun to watch when Heineke's cooking and he's running around and he's doing his thing and he's throwing up some balls and he's diving for the pylon. I really like this kid. He's entertaining to watch. Really entertaining to watch. Chiefs at the Titans. Oh, wow. I mean, a shellacking, uh, uh, just onslaught, a domination here by the Tennessee Titans at home. And the Chiefs can't stop with the turnovers. Cannot stop with the turnovers. And it's not just Patrick Mahomes. Everybody wants to say, Patrick Mahomes is throwing an interception in all the games this year. He's got like 16 straight games with an interception. Okay. Cool. Cool, bro. You want to cook? Like, what are you talking? What is that? What are you telling me? I, uh, he, he's a quarterback who is Brett Farvey-ish, you know, just more accurate and makes less mistakes. You know, he's going to make mistakes and he's going to have down seasons. Plus all these. Have we not seen Tyree Kill? Have we not seen Pringle? Have we not seen Miko Hardman? Literally balls go right through their hands and into the defender's hands. Mahomes, he, but he's also fumbling the football. Patrick Mahomes is not playing good right now. He's not playing good football. The Chiefs as a whole, I look at their team and I don't actually see what they do well at the current moment. They don't really do much well. They look like they're just trying to throw haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. And it's not landing. It's not landing. They're trying to be Mike Tyson and just throw huge shots. And the guy he's fighting is Floyd Money Mayweather. And he's just backing up and dodging them and doing his thing and shit in the corner. They have no... Right now, Kansas City, unless they take the big shot, unless Tyreek Hill makes a play or Travis Kelsey takes it to that, they got nothing. And so it doesn't help that Clyde Edwards is out. Their defense is atrocious. Their defense is horrid. I mean horrid. They get no pressure. They can't tackle. They can't cover. It's not good. It's not good. And to top it off, Mahomes took a huge like knee to the helmet that bent his neck all the way back, like chin straight up in the air. They said he passed concussion protocol. He's still kind of questionable to go for next, but he should be good, expected to go. But off a short week, the Tennessee Titans came off of a short week, ladies and gentlemen. They just had that Monday night game, and they come in back at home, and they destroy the defending AFC champions. Off a short week, this is such a good win for the Tennessee Titans. Such a a good win. I mean, you you beat the Bills, then you beat the Chiefs. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't. I mean, in the AFC, it's kind of hard to go back-to-back wins better than that. You beat Josh Allen and then Mahomes. 
That's it's pretty solid. It's more than solid. And we looked at this Tennessee team after that Arizona loss week one, and we go, oh, it might be rough. You know, we looked at their defense all year like, oh, and then they had that comeback against Seattle, and all of a sudden you look up and they're 5-2. and two. It's like, wait, what? What happened? What What's going on? Tennessee's beating everybody. They're actually dominating. Derrick Henry's throwing touchdown passes, running for 200 yards every freaking game, having probably, when he's done this year, going to be the best three-year stretch of running back he's ever had in NFL history and past TD Terrell Davis. That's, that's, it, it's, an, it, it was a very impressive. It was eye-opening to watch. It was 27 to nothing at halftime. 27 to nothing at halftime. That's Kansas City score. But look, the parody of the NFL and the humbling of the NFL, it, it, it happens quick. It happens real quick. You can go from winning games, winning Super Bowls, winning NFC championships, AFC championships, to missing the playoffs. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to struggle to make the playoffs this year. When you look at the AFC, you look at your, your Bills, your Titans, your Bengals, your Ravens, your Browns. I, I mean, your Raiders in their own division. The Raiders are 5-2 and two looking good. I think it's going to be a struggle bus for Kansas City to get over this hump and make the playoffs this year. And it, it, absolute ass-kicking. An absolute ass-kicking right now. Panthers and Giants. Um, Boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy. This football game for Carolina was horrible. Sam Darnold, horrible. Horrible. I mean, they... The first three games, this, this 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 is what goes to show you. When you watch the NFL and you watch in the month of September, you need to take some of these grain, a lot of these September games, the first three weeks, four weeks, a little grain of salt. Because as we just talked about Tennessee, they got their ass kicked by the Cardinals. So I mean, R7 and L, so let's give it to that. But now they turn around and they've beaten the Chiefs and the Bills back-to-back games. Panthers were 3-0. And everyone was talking about how, oh, they're one of the best young defenses. Sam Darnold's taking his career back. And I'm one of those guys. I was one of those guys. They have now lost four straight, and Sam Darnold got benched in the fourth quarter. They're now three and four, and they lost to a very shitty Giants team who actually didn't look all that shitty because the Panthers looked so shitty. I I mean, Daniel Jones had a one-handed catch off of a wide receiver pass back to him. It was like a Philly special kind of play. It didn't look like he was open. Daniel Jones kept running, and he made an Odell Beckham one-handed catch. The cover of the New York Times today was ODJ. ODJ, I love that because it was it was cool. The dude's athletic. Daniel Jones is athletic. The, look, I, I can say that I don't think he's the guy. I don't know if he's a great quarterback, but the dude is athletic. He he, he, he he's athletic enough to be on a football field for sure, for sure. Carolina is horrid. And they are not very good right now. Joe Brady and this offense, they need to get this figured out. And 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 this defense went from being pretty good to now can't stopping anybody they can't tackle they can't cover they can't do anything they look like the Kansas City Chiefs this was not they put up three points they put up three points it was three this this game was three to five at halftime three to five at halftime because of a safety it was a pathetic outing by Sam Darnold pathetic just just horrible by the entire Panthers and then Darnold got benched and then when 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 Campbell's asked the end of the game you know, is, is he going to go with Sam Darnold? He says, yeah, Sam Darnold's my quarterback for the foreseeable future. Why the fuck did you bench him then? I mean, he's just like, oh, I don't want him to get hurt. I, I mean, the game wasn't like in reach, but it wasn't like it was super out of reach. I mean, he wasn't gonna, you weren't going to win that game. But when you, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a lot of red flags right here in Carolina. A lot of red flags. Atlanta and Miami. 
this game actually turned out, went from really bad to really exciting, actually, at the end. Very end of the game, and I didn't see a lot of this game because I was watching the red zone, and they didn't show so much. They just showed, you know, Kyle Pitts' one-handed catches and the touchdowns. So I rewatched a little bit of it. Now, Tua, again, Tua, again, did not look bad. Tua, Tua didn't. He played a pretty good game. He led that fourth quarter drive to take the lead. Excuse me, to take the lead. And then Matt and then Matt Ryan comes back, finds Kyle Pitts on the sideline, sets up Young Way Koo, hits the game winning field goal, 30 to 28. Atlanta wins. And Miami has not won a game since week one. They're one and six. It's not good. It's bad. It's going really bad for Miami. Much like the Tua, much like the guys we were talking about tonight, Geno Smith and, and Jameis Winston and, and Daniel Jones. I just don't know if he's the guy. He doesn't look like it. He doesn't look like, and I talked about this last week, just because he's not the problem doesn't mean he's the solution. I don't think he was the problem yesterday at all for Miami. And they almost pulled out, you know, almost pulled out that really good win. He led a fourth quarter comeback and then Matt Ryan just did it to him again. He had Kyle Pitts. He got Calvin Ridley. He's got Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis. He's got, he's got some good guys. They made it happen. Tua couldn't make it happen. And it's not, not like this is all on Tua. I mean, Brian Flores is going to have to start answering some questions here pretty soon. You know, that defense that everyone thought was absolutely fantastic is not very good. They are not very good right now. I mean, they're allowing 30 points a game or whatever. It's not not going well in Miami. Good win for Atlanta. And Atlanta's, Atlanta does this every year. They're just going to sneakily just get wins. And all of a sudden we look up and they have like six or seven wins. They're like, oh, wait, didn't, didn't the Falcons win like four games? Oh, no, they won seven? Oh, okay. I mean, it's still not great, but... They always win more than we think they do. <laughs> in the last the last early game, um, Bill Belichick, he just he just doesn't lose to the Jets. Just I think he's well, I think I think the stat was he's he's 16 was he 10 10 and 0 the last 10 meetings and he's just absolutely th- just throttling the Jets. Throttling. They throttled it was like 54 to 10. Something like that. You know, Mac Jones looked good, but you're going to look good when you play the Jets, especially at home with Bill Belichick, who wants to destroy the Jets, just wants to get up for the Jets and step on their throat. Now, bad thing about this game is Zach Wilson, he, you know, minor PCL tear. He went down in like the second quarter. Um, he can be out for about two to four weeks. They had Mike White come in, you know, as soon. I mean, the game was over before that because it was like 21 to nothing before that happened. But Mike White came in and it just didn't look any good. Now, the, earlier today, the Jets traded for Joe Flacco, who they traded to the Eagles in the offseason, traded back for Joe Flacco because, look, they need somebody. I don't know if this Mike White guy is going to be the guy. Joe Flacco can at least maybe step in, even though he's old and probably can't throw the football anymore. At least he could step in and help lead an offense with some leadership and, you know, a, a guy that's been around a little bit. I think Mike, I think that was White's first ever action in the NFL. It's hard to win. You, I mean, you're already not gonna. I mean, you're not gonna win very many football games. You just gotta buy your time till Zach Wilson gets back, and just keep getting throttled and your ass kicked by Bill Belichick every freaking year. Just throttle them. Uh, late games. Jump into some of these late games. Eagles at the Raiders. Uh, can we get a hand? Can we get a round of applause? Do the Raiders look better without John Gruden now? I know it's only been two week, two weeks. They are two and zero in that span, and I understand that they had a good season before Gruden left. But do the Raiders look better? Do they look better? Does the eye test say that they look better without John Gruden being the coach? Because I would say yes. I would tell you 100% yes. I would just say from what my eyes have saw the last two games, 
on the sideline, special teams offensively, defensively, what they look, body language, kind of like how how momentum shifts for this team, how they kind of you know communicate. And I would say they are better without John Gruden on the sideline. And and I just they, they rolled the Eagles. They came out and kind of kicked their ass. I mean, a lot of high intensity. They were they were up. They're making tackle left and right. I it, I mean I don't I I think the Eagles put up two touchdowns they shouldn't have and the only one that last one was because of john abraham blown coverage but the raiders molly whopped them and Derek carr was fantastic he was like 31 of 34 300 yards and three touchdowns it was insane the dude was good as shit because he is good as shit and he's the leader of this team and that interim coach brichette uh, brichette I, I i know i'm butchering his name i'm sorry rich brichette uh, he's good he's and i'm not saying he's good as a coach but he knows what he's doing He's, I talked about this last week. He, he's been around the league a lot. He's he, he's worked with a lot of high-level guys. I like this Raiders team. They're still going to fight. They're still going to scrap. They got a chance to win this division. Why not? Why not throw the – I mean, there's no Chiefs, right? The Broncos, get out of here. I think it's – I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say there's no Chiefs, but the Chiefs are going to struggle. They're struggling right now. And the Raiders and the Chargers, they're good football teams. Although the Chargers, they came off a bye and they were on a, they came off a loss to the Ravens before that and they needed that much – much needed bye. But – Man, here we go, Raiders. The Raiders just, just, just killing it, killing it in Las Vegas. Uh, Cardinals and Texans. This game got a little, little scary. You know, if you're a Cardinals fan, the first quarter got a little nervous. You know, Texans kind of went up early, and then Kyler got hurt. He looked like he might be hyperextended his knee. Uh, he almost, almost got a. Uh, he did get a safety on the safety. Uh, it didn't look good. And then all of a sudden, Kyler goes back in the game. They go down, score a touchdown. Then they go down, score another touchdown. Their defense stops them, and then a touchdown, another touchdown, another touchdown. They went in the game like 35 to four, right? Or th- I'm sorry, flip those. 34 to five is what is what the last let's score of the game. And the Arizona Cardinals look like the best team in the NFL. They just do. Right now, currently, right now, the Arizona Cardinals look like, and I, if I had to say, are the best team in the NFL. The Packers, I know, I understand they're win, they're 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 winning, and oh, they uh they they come to Arizona on Thursday night. By the way, we'll get into we'll get into that game a little bit. Packers, they just look lackadaisical. They don't look like they're really they, they look like they're struggling to score, and their defense still really shaky. The Bills, who I think are fantastic, I mean, they just came off of a, a loss to the Ravens. Wow, go give me uh, it was a great 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 football game, but right now they're undefeated. They're putting up, I mean, I think they're, what, putting up 31 points a game. Their defense is is top, I think it's top five percentile in scoring defense this year. Right now, you just got to look at the Arizona Cardinals and go, okay, they're kind of stacked everywhere. I mean, they are stacked everywhere, and they're playing some good football. Really, really good football. Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we had, uh, we had some stuff happen in this game, folks. Tom Brady, first ever player ever to throw for six hundred touchdown passes i mean can i just can we just can we all just 600 just keep clapping 600 touchdown passes he threw four touchdown passes in this game 44 years old he has over 600 touchdown passes in his career threw for four on sunday in a route of the bears this guy I, I, I loved watching him tonight on Monday night with with Eli and uh, Eli and Peyton. Those guys, the chemistry between the three of those is absolutely fantastic. They can just have all three of those guys on every Monday night. It'd be fun to watch, really, really fun to watch. And the Bucks are they're rolling, they're dominating. Mike Evans is dominating, three touchdowns. Their defense, their defense is kind of finding a little bit. Now the thing about the thing about 
their defense is that they're so hurt in the back end, but guys are getting able to be rotated in. So it's not good that they're getting hurt, but they do have a lot of corners and a lot of secondary players that are getting some play time. And now come the end of the season, hopefully get some guys healthy. They can mix and match and get some guys that have played a lot this year. That's actually a good thing. Although it is a bad thing. Guys are getting hurt, but right now they're looking better. I mean, their pass rush is coming along. Their defense, who started a little shaky, I mean, they're they're there. Now let's flip it over. And uh, whew, let's talk about a coach that I have defended, that I have said I like a lot, that I have said he's a head coach of this league, that I think he's one of the best minds in this league, and that's Matthew Nagy. I don't know his middle name or else I would use it because, you know, you guys know me. I love using the middle names like Tom, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady II. 600 touchdown passes, baby. Matt Nagy, when are the Bears organization – going to start holding Matt Nagy accountable. When are they going to start holding Ryan Pace accountable? Because I see all of these players being held accountable. I see these players being late for meetings being held accountable. I see these players being, you know, uh, missing practices being held accountable. Matt Nagy, this is awful. This is a pathetic, pathetic performance you're putting on display almost every single week. Almost every single week, Justin Fields doesn't have a chance. Your offensive line is horrendous. Horrendous. It doesn't even look like you know how to call plays. It doesn't. It, it, this is not good. And now he's got COVID-19. And honestly, maybe he shouldn't even coach next Sunday. And, and this is coming from a guy who's defending Matt Nagy. I mean, I've been defending him since Mitchell Trubisky. I just, I, I keep saying I was a good coach. I, he's making the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky. He has a winning record with Trubisky, with everything that's going on. The Bears are an awful football team right now. And they're still going to get some wins, right? Because I do, they do have some talent. And they play the Lions a couple times a year, so they're going to get wins. Man, you roll out that kind of performance, just pathetic. It just It's pathetic. There was no energy. Justin Fields was trying to do everything. And by the way, he's not going to be able to. He's young. He needs to play. He needs some time. So all you Bear fans and all you haters out there saying that Justin Fields is horrible, what are you talking about? How could he even be? How can we fairly judge this kid right now? Has he made some mistakes? Yes. Has he also made some really nice plays? Yes. Is he a rookie? Yes. Is his head coach have his head up his ass? 100%. Him and Kyle Shanahan, who I'm going to get into next, they're, they're over there in dipshit land with both of their heads in each other's ass right now. The human centipede. One's just shitting in the other's mouth. That's how bad both of them have been right now. They're horrible right now. They're really, really bad. There's something wrong. They got to fix it. They got to fix it. Matt Nagy needs to start doing something else. This is a horrible, pathetic performance by the Bears. Good job, Tom Brady. Congratulations again. 600. 44 years old. That team is stacked and is really, really good. They might lose one or two more games all year. I mean, you look up and they have 14 wins. Are you going to be shocked if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 14-3 and three and the number one seed in the NFC? So I'm not going to be shocked. Not at all. All right, in the last game, uh, I guess the last game we're covering, well, we got one more game. We got a nice Thursday night football game to talk about that's coming up. But the Sunday night game, Colts going to San Francisco in Santa Clara, and it was pouring. I mean, pouring. It was coming down hard. Really, really hard. And it made it for a slippery, wet, ugly football game. And honestly, when the game started, the Niners came out and they struck first and they looked good. They came down, they run, play, run, play, play action. Jimmy hit a couple throws, right? They, I think they ran, I think they had nine plays, five of them were runs. 
Elijah Mitchell, that that rookie in the sixth rounder, that kid's a stud. That kid's a stud. I mean, you get somebody in the Kyle Shanahan system, he's going to be good. But when he can run like that and hit the holes like that, he's a one-cut bat, boom, 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 go. He's good. And they came out and they scored. They went up early and they looked good. And then the San Francisco 49ers proceeded to go six straight three and outs. Six straight. Now, one of them was a fumble by Debo Samuels, but that counts. The San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan did not look like they had an identity on offense. And that's weird because their identity is running the football. But the Colts defense is pretty good. And they're pretty they're pretty tough up front. DeForest Buckner, the guy that you traded away a couple years ago, he was eating your ass. Elijah Mitchell, he was I mean, if, if Forrest, DeForest got his hands on him all night, he was getting his hands on Jimmy Garoppolo all night. It wasn't wasn't good. It, but the Colts, they looked like they had an identity in this game. They were going to pound Jonathan Taylor, and they were going to let Carson Wentz make plays going deep. And they knew. In all this rain and all this mugginess and this torrential downpour that he's got Michael Pittman Jr. on the outside, he's going to throw him the ball up. And honestly, in this rain, 60% chance there's a defensive pass interference called. And that's what happened. That's what a one-on-one coverage every time Carson stepped up, looked at Michael Pittman's way, and the DBs were just dragging him down because they were saving touchdown after touchdown because they were getting torched, first of all. I mean, I think they had 178 yards worth of penalties. 170. I think both. I think both teams had six penalties, but the Niners had 178 yards. I think Colts only had 80. That's that's almost. It's a hundred yards difference. That's not. That's not good. That's how you lose football games. Michael Pittman Jr. is an absolute monster. Jonathan Taylor is a star, and Carson Wentz. He's solid. I thought he played a really good game. I thought the difference in this game, besides. I think Kyle Shanahan, I don't think he took the bye week. I don't think he, he, you know, he didn't go to Tijuana and have some cocktails, like I said, because there's something wrong right now. Something is going on. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. The difference in the game was that Jimmy cannot make the plays, cannot make the plays, and Carson Wentz can. Carson Wentz can use his athleticism. He can use his arm, his different arm angles. He can make plays, especially in a weather condition like that. Jimmy can't. He couldn't. So when they were stopped the run and they had to throw Jimmy Garoppolo, other than the one pass to Debo Samuels, it was he wasn't good. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. Trey Lance has to come in. He, he just he has to. It's it's not it's not it's not it's done. This Jimmy Garoppolo experiment now, Kyle is done. Trey has to start from here on out, and he needs to be be, be healthy. I, I'm still a little confused on the whole knee thing. Trey Lance has a knee problem that he got hurt in the game. And although he said he was fine after the game in the Cardinals game, he came back and then they had a bye and now he's still hurt. It's a little weird, but you, it doesn't matter anymore. This guy cannot be on your football field anymore. Jimmy Garoppolo. He can't, he can't. And Kyle, you got to do something, man. You got to, what are you doing? We need to do And Listen, I'm going to cut Kyle a little bit of a break here, even though I shouldn't. But he did lose his defensive coordinator in Robert Sala. He also lost his number two guy and the guy that's been his number two guy for the last decade in, in uh, Mike LaFleur. They both went to they both went to the Jets. And he, he got D'Amico Ryans is now his defensive coordinator, which, don't get me wrong, D'Amico Ryans is the MVP of his team right now. This defense is really good. They're, Nick Bosa's everywhere. Fred Warner's everywhere. They're playing good. Even though they're hurt in the back end and not the best, they're playing good defense. Kyle Shanahan... I just, I feel like he's trying to do everything and someone needs to sit him down. John Lynch, 
needs to sit him down. It needs to shake him. It needs to say, hey, we need to do something else. Something's got to change. Because Kyle Shanahan, this is his fifth year as the head coach of the, of the Niners. The fifth year. He's been in the playoffs one time. Other than that playoff run, he does not have a winning record in any other season. That's not good. There are way too many losses than there are a win. And this is coming from a guy who has been praising Kyle Shanahan with his left nut every single day. I mean, and Matt Nagy. So the last two guys I'm talking about are guys that I need to eat crow on a little bit because I keep telling everybody how great they are, and they're coming out and putting product on the field. That's Jimmy Garoppolo and can't do shit in the Bears' offensive line and the game plan. They can't even put a point on the board. Something's got to change here. Trey Lance is the only, the only answer. You made the trade. You went all the way up to three to get him. You get you gave away your first round draft picks. Now it's it's just it's gotta happen. It doesn't mean that he's gotta come in and boom, he's gotta be great and you're going to the playoffs or going to the Super Bowl. No. But Jimmy Garoppolo is done. There's no more of this. There how? How can there be? Unless Trey is hurt, which which I, he doesn't even know if Trey's gonna be healthy next. What's going on with his knee? Why haven't we heard anything? It's fishy. It's weird. It's red flagged. I think the Niners are done. I think they're not making the playoffs. Either, either a Seattle Seahawks not making the playoffs. Kyle's got to do something. And it's not like Kyle Shanahan's going to get fired. Kyle's the boss. And Jed, the, the owner of, of, of the Niners, he's not going to, Jed's not going to say anything to Kyle because Kyle's going to, like, Jed's going to be like, you know, I think we need to go this way and do that. Kyle's going to look at him like, dude, what the fuck are you talking to me about? You, you've never played the game. You weren't even, you didn't even know the game until you bought the team. You've literally never been around football day in your life until you bought this football team. The only person that can talk to Kyle is John Lynch. And it's kind of a weird spot because John works for Kyle. So it's not like John can go to him and be like, listen, Kyle, this is this, this, and that. We need to switch it up. No, because ultimately it's Kyle's decision. But John Lynch needs to grab him. He needs to shake him. And they need to do something different quick, fast, and in a hurry. And we have a Thursday night football game coming up, folks. This Thursday in Glendale, Arizona, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are going to be traveling to take on the Cardinals, the 7-0 Arizona Cardinals. 7-0. We got a 7-0 team against a 6-1 team. We got primetime football Thursday night, Packers and Cardinals. I mean, talk about a heavyweight matchup right now. Yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, Devontae Adams. Nope, just kidding. Eh, he's not playing. Give me some COVID for Devontae. He got the Rona and he ain't playing. But you got D Hop. Yeah, you know, they look, they still got Lazard. You know, they got they got uh um Mardez Valdez Scantley, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Randall Cobb. Everybody, let's let's all remember Randall Cobb is on that football team. Remember, guys, because Aaron Rodgers demanded Randall Cobb to be on the team before he comes back, pretty much. It's kind of what kind of came out, that he needed Randall on the team. He needed a safety blanket. He needed someone to hug and hold. I get that. I get it. Don't worry. You know, we can all use that. Go use some nice things to hug and hold. This is going to be a hell of a fucking Thursday night football game. The Cardinals are favored by three points at this current moment, which they should be. They should be favored by three. They're at home. They're undefeated. Three is the line. Everyone thinks, this is ridiculous. This is not a pick em game. This is an undefeated NFC team against a 6-1 and one NFC team at home. Home field gets you three points, okay? Home field gets you three points. Now, I feel a little frisky. If it goes up to three and a half, you feel a little frisky, bet the Green Bay Packers because of the kicker. This game, I think, is going to be nice. It's going to be fun to watch. 
I think the Packers run the football a lot on a Cardinals def- on a Cardinals front that can kind of get run on. If J.J. Watt's not feeling it, they can run the football on it. This game, I think, points. I think there's going to be some points. I don't expect it to be, you know, like they met with Kurt uh, with uh, Kurt Warner back in what was it twenty uh, what was that twenty thirteen or twenty eleven, and it was that uh, forty two to forty five overtime game that was insane. The last couple times the Packers and the Cardinals have played in the playoffs, uh, th- that that last playoff game where Larry caught that game when he touched down the little shovel pass after Aaron Rodgers thought that he he made that hail mary to uh, what was their tight end was it uh, I can't remember their tight end then caught it. And then the Cardinals come down and win. The last couple of games of the Packers, the Cardinals have been insane. And I'm looking forward to this game as a Cardinals fan, but also as a fan of football. Because we just watched kind of a bad week of football. I mean, Sunday night, not very good. Rain poor and Jimmy Garoppolo was ass. Tonight, terrible. Sunday's a lot of blowouts. This game, I think this game's got a chance to kick week eight off really nicely with a nice Cardinals victory. Are they going to win? I don't know. Now, should they? come close to winning and compete in this game? Yes. Now, flip side here. Hold on. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers for a second. They're lazy. They've been lazy. They barely beat the Bears, right? And I, and I understand that it didn't. the Bears were up at one point in the fourth quarter. Bears were up in that game in the fourth quarter. And I know it's like divisional game. That's a divisional game. I get that. Then they came out, and they were just kind of like lazy. They were just lackadaisical against Washington. Just feels like Aaron Aaron's like, oh, hit, we can hit that. Oh, we can miss that. Don't worry, guys. We don't need to score for another quarter. It just kind of feels like he feels like he can do whatever he wants when he wants to, and that's fine. He, this, this plays in the whole heel attitude that I have Aaron Rodgers going on. He's full heel, full bad guy, and he's, he's just he's just he's the guy who wants to pick his shots and doesn't want to do anything unless you know he wants to, and that's fine. But you can't do that against this Cardinals team. We'll see what happens Thursday night in the desert. It's going to be beautiful weather. I'm going to be ready for that game. And I cannot wait to talk to all of you after I watch, hopefully, hopefully as a fan, the Cardinals win that football game. But all right, guys, I think that's going to do it for me tonight. Uh, Have a great, great Tuesday. If you listen to this on a Tuesday, Wednesday, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the Thursday night game. I'll be coming to you live from there. Well, live, not live from there. I'm never live. Well, I guess I am live, but not really for you guys. It's a podcast. You know, maybe if I recorded on YouTube, it'd be live. But I'll talk to you right after the Cardinals game. Have a great week. Peace.